So Jesus says that he has come to cast this fire on the earth and it's going to bring division. And then he gets very specific and starts talking about households and specific relationships just to make his point very clear that there is, that the Lord is going to be a source of division and he's completely aware of that. You know, I think sometimes people think that Jesus' mission was simply to come and establish peace, and he failed. There's no peace. There's lots of wars and conflicts, and so obviously Jesus was a failure. And that is an attack against our Lord, but it is clear that Jesus understands that his ministry and his life is going to be a catalyst that divides. Now, how do we understand this? How do we integrate our, our understanding, our knowledge of Jesus? And I hope and pray that each one of you is seeking to know Jesus, to know him intimately, personally, and eternally, to know that he is the way and the truth and the life, to know him. Jesus his life was prophesied. And this is where, this is how the gospel today becomes so challenging. I'm going to tell you a few things. In the prophet Isaiah, the looking forward, Isaiah is looking forward to a child being born. A child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. The government will rest on his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Say, okay, he's the Prince of Peace, so how can he come and say, I come to cast a fire on the earth? How about this? The angels in the field, shepherd's field. Jesus is born in Bethlehem, and the shepherd, what do the angels sing? Glory to God in the highest, and what? Peace to people of goodwill. We just said that a moment ago in the Gloria. this idea that our Lord comes to bring peace, and, and there is a truth in that. When I go and bless a house, and it is my privilege, I blessed a house just a few days ago. I go into a house and I read from the Gospel of Luke and I read these words. Whatever house you enter, because Jesus sent out his apostles to, to go to the, all the places that he was going to visit ahead of him. And Jesus instructs his apostles, whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. And so it is true that our Lord does come to establish peace, but it is not a peace at any cost. There is a peace that our Lord gives that some will receive and some will not. Shalom, that Jewish word, that Hebrew word for peace, wholeness, tranquility, groundedness. 
Jesus knows his ministry is going to be division, not because it is the nature of the Christ to bring division, but that his ministry is going to expose sin. And sin is the source of division. We all understand this, that there is conflict in life. And sometimes conflict is healthy and brings resolution. And sometimes conflict is the result of sin and strife and, and hatred and violence. There's a question that I ask every couple or every couple that is going to get married feels, fills out a series of questions. And one of the questions is, and, and these are your answers or these are your choices. I agree with that statement. I disagree with that statement, or I'm not sure what to think about that statement. And the question is, or the statement is, I value keeping the peace at any cost to avoid confrontation and arguments. Do you agree with that statement? Do you disagree with that statement? Or are you not sure what to think about that statement? I'm gonna read it one more time a little more slowly, okay? I value keeping the peace at any cost to avoid confrontation or argument. No, we don't. No, we should not value keeping the peace at any cost because the cost is going to be your marriage eventually. Because there are times that you have to confront problems and circumstances and situations that erode and undermine trust or, or understanding. And so we are aware in our, we should be anyway, and if we're not, let me just tell you, Jesus says, I come not just to bring peace, but to cast a fire upon the earth. And what is the fire that our Lord comes to cast? It's the fire of the Spirit. It's the fire of truth. It's the fire of purity. It's the fire that burns away sin and deceit. And if you want to take the side of sin and deceit, so be it. But he's going to make it clear what side you're on. And that's his ministry, and so it brings division. Jesus says, and I quote the gospel, Now I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized. And the word baptism means to be immersed or to be washed over. There is a baptism, he says, with which I must be baptized, and that is his baptism of blood, that is his passion, that is being hung on the cross. And he says, how great is my anguish until I have accomplished it. Do you think that I have come to establish peace? No, rather division. And so how does this jive? Jesus, have you ever heard this expression? Whoever is not against me, whoever is not with me is against me. Have you ever heard that? Again, that is our Lord making it clear that his ministry is going to put people with him or against him. This should not surprise us because we have this symbol of the crucifixion in the church front and centered in almost every Catholic church. We see where our Lord, some were against him and hope, I hope and pray we're with him. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we bend our knee. That's why we make the sign of the cross. Jesus comes to establish a church. Did you know that? Do we still believe that Jesus came to establish a church, a body of believers that would be a light to the world, 
that would establish doctrines and dogmas and hold up an identifiable truth to the world? Do we still believe that? Because he did. He did. And you know what we're afraid of now? We're afraid that doctrines and dogmas, oh, they just divide people. Let, let, let's not have any division. Let's just, let's just forget that there's even such thing as truth. Was that Jesus' ministry? See how clear he makes things? Because he knows the pits that we're going to fall into. And there are groups that have established themselves. I'm uh, thinking of one, the Unitarians. Their creed is, you're not allowed to have a creed. That's all they believe, is that you're not allowed to believe anything definitively. I know that sounds, it's a very attractive creed for some people, though. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus comes to say you're with me or you're against me. He comes to cast a fire on the earth and how he wishes it was blazing. Do not be afraid of division. Be afraid of being on the wrong side of the division. Do not be afraid of division. Be afraid of being on the wrong side. You know that the truth is sacred. The truth is sacred. Is the truth sacred to you? Is speaking the truth, is honesty a sacred reality? It's wrong to lie. It's a serious sin. And if you lie about serious matters, it can be a mortal sin. We live in a world now where to tell a lie, all's fair in love and war, right? And we'll define love and war however we choose. And so we get very loose with the truth. And Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And I like to say this, I like to remind you of this, that your life is precious. Your life is precious. You are God's beloved child, and that is true of every human being that is. But if your life is precious, so is everybody else's. And that makes life difficult sometimes, doesn't it? And we have to hold these truths up. And marriage and sex are sacred. And the mass, this, what we're doing here today, this is a sacrifice by which the events of the Last Supper in Calvary are made present to us. And we enter into the sacrifice of the ages, the one eternal sacrifice of Christ, and we receive his body and blood, his true body and blood, soul and divinity. And some people don't believe that, right? And that divides, doesn't it? Should we be afraid of division? No, we should be afraid of being on the wrong side of the division. We should recognize that our Lord comes to cast a fire on the earth. And it's not a fire of destruction, it's a fire of purity. It's a fire of transformation. It's a fire of burning away that which is false. And so that fire, you know, I was talking to somebody recently 
and they were telling me about a family vacation. Can you imagine division on a family vacation? Okay. So they went on a family vacation. And the question was, are they going to go to Mass or not, right? Are we going to go to Mass or not? Hey, it's, but it's Disney. We can't go to Mass. But somebody says, no, we're going to go to Mass. And so there's a division. And one person was not a Mass goer. One person wasn't just didn't want to go, and so there was this conflict there, and they didn't go. Nobody went. And then later, there was another situation that came up where somebody was in a difficult situation on the side of the road, and how are we going to deal with this person? And, and the person that wasn't the worshiper, the person that didn't go to church, stepped up and dealt with the problem. And I'm having this conversation with somebody, and, and they were humbled by the reality that they refused to confront the problem of going to Mass, and then they refused to confront this other problem. You see how we get into a habit of not confronting problems and they just get bigger and our life kind of turns vanilla and gray and we don't stand for anything and if you don't stand for anything guess what happens you fall for everything and so our Lord comes to tell us either you're with me or you're against me understand that my life and my ministry and the decisions that you make to put me first in your life, whether it's going to Mass on vacation, whether it is, whether it is life, whether it is marriage, whatever it might be, it's going to create difficulties. Jesus explains in unmistakable terms that the proclamation of the truth will divide the world. And you know, I said last week, to those whom much is given, much will be asked. Until even more is given, even more will be demanded. And we don't know what the other family members have been given. We don't know what other people's lives are, but we know what God has given to us, right? And we have to live the truth according to the God-given truth that is in our heart. And we recognize that sometimes that's going to create difficulties or conflicts or challenges. And Jesus says to you, my peace be with you, my peace I leave you. Because we're supposed to carry God's peace inside of us. Regardless of what's going on around us. He does come to bring peace. But it is a piece of a person living the truth in all circumstances, easy and difficult. And is this something new? When Jesus was proclaiming his ministry and his message, and he asked the question, who do people say that I am? What was the response? One of the prophets. And what name was given? Jeremiah. We heard about Jeremiah in the first reading today. What did they do to Jeremiah? They threw him in an empty well because they didn't like what he had to say. What did they do to Jesus? They stuck him on a cross. My brothers and sisters, Jesus comes that we might have peace. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus says, my peace be with you, my peace I give you. And we pray that that peace dwell in our hearts and in our homes and in our workplaces and in our lives, 
and that we have the wisdom to live our Christian faith in a way that draws others to us, draws others to Christ. But if we think that our Christian faith is not going to have any division or difficulty, we're naive. And Jesus makes that clear, doesn't he? So let's pray for the wisdom to be faithful Christians in a rapidly world that's rapidly becoming pagan. And that we could live our faith praying uh, that silent prayer of wisdom to know when our conflict is righteous and true and when it's just being difficult. And uh, we can be humbled along the way, as that person example I used earlier. But Christ does come to cast a fire on the earth. And that fire purifies and it divides, divides and it heals and it strengthens. May the fire of the Holy Spirit be in you and in me.